Go ahead. All right, gentlemen. Uh, we've had a great weekend. Um, started Thursday night with our first uh, draft 412 draft party at Stage AE. Uh, it was an awesome night. Place was sold out. Um, you guys were on fire with your analysis. We had several great Steelers there. Ryan Shazier, Merrill Hodge, um, Randy Grossman, who was one of my favorites growing up. It was just a great night. And for an initial night, you know, um, and and uh, the Be the Bettis Foundation was, was helped incredibly with uh, some of the proceeds of the evening. Um, just a great night. And it'll just get better as we go on. Um, so hopefully everybody's recovered from that. Um, <laughs> Yeah. It was a brilliant day in Pittsburgh uh, football, uh, not because of the draft, but because for only the fifth time in the history of the Pittsburgh Maulers, they won a football game. <laughs> Unfortunately, for the first time in the history of the Pittsburgh Maulers, the Pirates lost when the Maulers won. So it wasn't a complete great day. So depression, I can understand, but we'll try to get over that. Let's just kind of cast the Maulers aside and if we can. and. Uh, Let's talk some Steeler draft. Um, Joe, I'm going to start with you. It, it was an exciting day there, but got a little more exciting when Omar Khan pulled off a, a, an aggressive trade to move up from 17 to 14. Something you liked? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I mean, I think we were all sitting on pins and needles. I think there were 400 people at Stage AE that wanted us to trade up and draft Christian Gonzalez. But when the smoke cleared, everybody in that room settled down and said, you know what, this was the right choice. Even though I think Christian Gonzalez is as sexy as a pick as that is, and you get that that flashy corner that can make a bunch of plays that could really help them in the defensive backfield. The thing that they needed to do in the offseason was find a way to protect Kenny Pickett. And then also, if you could, find a way to improve that running game. And with one pick, they did both of those. I mean, you know, Broderick Jones was one of those four pedigreed tackles that were going to be available. And well, even one of those tackles is likely going to play guard. Uh, and so you saw Paris Johnson come off the board and then Darnell Wright come off the board and Peter Skaronsky come off the board in succession, just like that, with trades up and down to get them. He was the last, but I think the best fit for the Steelers. This guy is a mauler when it comes to uh, you know his, no his strength and his <laughs> yeah, his his strength and his ability to drive and turn, uh, you know, you know the the uh, the the opponents, the defenses away, creating holes. He's good on the move. This guy had one of the fastest, you know, ten yard splits uh, at for uh, you know a, a lineman. He ran under a subpar five, which is what you're always looking for. But he ran a one seven four in that split. Uh, and for those of you that don't speak scout speak. What that means is he's he's able to take that first block and get off of it, get ten yards down the field into that second level, and make another block. And that's exactly when you what you want to see from a blue chip tight or uh, left tackle. And that's and that's what we got with with Broderick Jones. I think he did, you know, Con did a great job by moving up. He traded that fourth round pick and then was able to get it back by trading back later. So you know he's able to use that. I know we'll get into that a little bit later, but you know ultimately I I agree with you. I think this was a home run. Uh, of a first round and, and frankly, the home run of a full draft when we get into it. Yeah, I, I commend Khan uh, for not panicking, first of all, letting uh, the, the draft evolve. And then when Jones got into range without mortgaging uh, the, the, the farm, 
uh, you know, he, he went up and he got his guy. Uh, and I think well, what's really nice about Jones is for many years, it was, it was the Steelers MO. They really like to take the younger guy. You know, they were always taking like the youngest guy at the position. Last couple of years, they actually went away from that. Uh, I believe Najee was the oldest running back uh, in the draft uh, his year. I believe Kenny was the oldest quarterback in, in his. So now when they went and they got a 21-year-old, uh, just a bonafide beast uh, that's going to be great. And, you know, he's 21. This could be a guy that uh, you're seeing in a Steeler uniform for 15 years easily. Now, the one thing. I would caution fans is don't immediately put him in at left tackle uh, day one. I mean, that's just college tackles struggle, all of them, uh, no matter where they're taken, because the speed of the, at the NFL, particularly when he's playing on the best team uh, in college football. So the talent, by and large, he was going up against is not anything he's going to see at the NFL level. But I would say no later than midseason. He is going to be just uh, a, a mainstay on that offensive line for a decade plus. And for it to cost you, you know, the, the 120th pick in the draft uh, to go up and get him, uh, just uh, two thumbs up to, for Omar Khan. 100%. 100% Emmett. I um I actually had Jones as the seventeenth pick in my in my mock draft and I and I, I love the pick of course but I am one of the people who was there that wanted Christian Gonzalez because I was shocked that Christian, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe that he was still there I thought in my in my in my um estimation I thought Gonzalez was the best cornerback in the draft um Jones has a chance to be the best tackle in this draft for the fact that there's not a like an Evan Neal type where that's the number one tackle kind of thing. Skaronsky's a little short. Uh, his, his length is a little short. Um, Paris Johnson, I think right now, will be considered probably the first the first tackle in the draft. I think I think his kid has a chance to, um, to, to evolve to be the best tackle to come out of this draft. And I think Khan did the right thing when I, when I, in hindsight now that I think about it, who we got in the second round. I don't think we, we needed both of them positions, and I don't think if we took Gonzalez, we get a tackle with any kind of that kind of pedigree. I think the, uh, the two guys we got was the best match that we could, we could ask for uh, with the tackle in the, in the corner that we ended up getting. Okay. So we, we've, uh, we've talked about Broderick Jones here. Um, now that kind of left us heading into uh, heading into day two um, with the first pick. A lot of rumors out there. Four teams were, trying to deal with the Steelers to, to move up down. And there was everybody on pins and needles going into seven o'clock uh, Saturday evening. Um, <laughs> Emmett, what would you have liked them to do and, and talk a little about uh, uh, the legacy, Joey Porter Jr.? I wanted them to do exactly what they, they did. Uh, I might have gone branch uh, and then look at someone like a, a Julius Brents later on However, I think the way things pull, played out for the most part was was absolutely perfect. Uh, I think, uh, uh, as I had mentioned on on draft night, the, the notion that this thing, that the thirty second pick was going to get get you a king's ransom was never realistic. And uh, and I again I applaud Khan 
for saying, here's my price, come up and meet it. Otherwise, I'm putting in a name, which is what he did. Uh, I love that it's, it's Joey Porter Jr. Uh, I think him going in the second round takes a lot of pressure off of him. And additionally, I think that you'll see as we go through all of these picks, a lot of these uh, these young men were selected far below where they were rated, which it, it, it does a couple of things. One, it it shows that you know Khan's patience and Weidel's patience paid off. Uh, two, they got great value for these picks, and three, you're going to have a draft class that's going to show up in Latrobe with chips on their shoulder. That you you've got an entire rookie class that's going to say, "I'm going to show the rest of the league you were wrong." Thank you for bringing up Weidel's name because he doesn't seem to get enough credit uh, in the in the media and on social media. He he's the guy who um, supposedly uh, came up with the uh, draft board. It's his draft board. Um, Weidel did a great job in Philly. He's a guy that doesn't get enough. Uh, I don't think he's getting enough credit right now for how good the draft was. And I agree. I think um, Joey Porter Jr. Um, second round first pick. I mean. I thought going into that pick, it was 50-50. We were taking a pick or not trading it because I, I, you heard a lot of stuff. Uh, the will, I thought maybe we could benefit from the Will Levis thing. Maybe a team would over overpay, but I guess they did it, and Con didn't like what we were getting offered, and, and um, we stuck there. We got a quick cornerback that, I mean, Levi Wallace is going to be able to be a third or fourth corner now, which he should be in the NFL. He shouldn't be a starting cornerback uh, on, on a good NFL team. So I think him and Peterson, and you got a guy like Peterson in camp too, uh, an older veteran that's been around. That's going to be, I think it's going to be a good a good fit for Porter. And I agree with the fact that him not going in the first round is actually going to, I think, benefit the Steelers and, and Porter in the future. You know, I have to echo some of Emmett's uh, sentiments here too. I mean, I, I too thought maybe Branch may be the better overall player in the NFL, but Joey Porter Jr. might be the best fit for the Steelers in the sense that, you know, the Steelers always look for those those rugged, long, uh, you know, corners, like the Ike Taylor types that are going to be able to guard, uh, you know, the bigger guys and also play physical. He doesn't mind inching up to the line and getting his nose dirty and making tackles. Uh, and I think that that's, that's a good thing. You get a guy like him that's 6'2", 6'3", you know, and, and can run. Uh, if he works on a couple of things on his technique, he's going to become better. And I do like the idea of him being tutored under, you know, the, uh, the stage advice of a Patrick Peterson, like JT just mentioned. I mean, I think that's going to come together very nicely. And let's face it, it, there's, there's no way a guy named Joey Porter Jr., the third, the fifth, the 10th, should be playing anywhere except for Pittsburgh anyway. I mean, it's just sacrilege to believe that's the case. And I even hold it against Harbaugh and Baltimore for mentioning they were going to draft him in 22nd. We all knew they were going to go, you know, for a wide receiver. But I like the gamesmanship. You know, it's it's funny, but I'm going to hold it against them because he should have just – when you're born with – it's like born wrapped in a terrible towel. You're coming here. You know, just get over it and and and, and come here. But, you know – being serious about it, I honestly think that the, you know, we did exactly what we were looking for in one and two. We, we got our tackle first, we got our corner second. And, you know, and I think some of those corners were able to slide because of the depth of the corner position. Uh, like Emmett mentioned, he threw out Branch, who could play safety and corner. He threw out Julius Brents, who's just as, 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 as big, if not bigger, 
um, than Porter and Ringo and some of those other guys. And then I just mentioned Ringo and, and oh, about how about uh, Darius Rush and you know Cam Smith and a bunch of other guys, all of whom could have been taken in a position in the second round or even some of those guys like JPJ in the first round, and no one would have batted an eye. There, were, there was just a lot of that talent there, and I think the talent got thinner. It wasn't thinned, but it was thinner once you got past Jones, Skaronsky, Paris Johnson, and and Darnell Wright. So I think the Steelers did the right thing, you know, and struck the 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 iron while it was hot for tackles, and then came back and and got their their man at, at corner, who arguably could have been mid first round guy. Now, with their second pick in the second round, now let's all face it: if if we had an alter ego, we'd all want to be Keanu Reeves. Is that is that <laughs> so uh, they went to their new favoritist uh, uh, Big Ten school to draft from Wisconsin, and they got the huge Keanu Benton. Um, JT, why don't you tell us about your alter ego plans and the huge Keanu Benton from Wisconsin? As as Joe said in his uh, his article, it's coming out tonight with the Steelers uh, the Steelers draft and and rating grading them. Benton was the that was the last really big need that the Steelers didn't meet yet. And unlike past years where the Steelers may grab a wide receiver here or grab something, they might not be a huge need for them. They, they went and got a guy who I really love on a defensive line. The, the kid's a beast. Um, we, we all know since we, one of the biggest losses we've had lately on the, on the line or on the team itself is Javon Hargrave. Once he left, uh, that was a big hole. It was hard to fill. We haven't we haven't really put anybody in the uh, on the defensive tackle, the the nose guard tackle line that that could do what what Javon Hargrave was doing. Um, and he's still getting paid. He's got another big contract this offseason. Um, I do huge I do contract. Like Benton, and I, and I do I do like the I do like the pick. I mean, he's another guy that could have went. I'm not going to say first round, but he could have went higher in the second. And he was a guy that was mentioned as one of the top uh, three or four defensive tackles as as the uh, the mocks went on. So I I, I think I, once again, Con and Weidel, uh at this point in the draft, the Steelers were right there with any other team with their draft picks. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I honestly think that um, th- they were playing a a, ga- a master chess tournament i mean they were just they, they they played this draft very well did they get everybody we wanted no they got everybody we needed you know and i know that's a that's a bit of a difference you know and i, I i'll say this you know keanu benton watching his film and watching him play at wisconsin uh you know this guy can he's he's maybe a little light to play a traditional nose uh but he can he can spot you there if you need it uh, but he's an A gap guy. He could play B gap. He could play three four. He could play four three. You know, this guy is really versatile, uh, big bodied. I mean, this is this is the guy that you can see. You know, he does he replace a, a Hargrave? I don't know. You know, but you know, it's too early to tell that kind of stuff. But I think if he steps in and you've got him and uh, Demarvin Leal from last year, the re-signing of Larry Ogunjobi. Uh, you know, and you, you, you've got, you know, of course, Cam Hayward in the leadership. Um, and I'm going to go say at the Hall of Fame leadership that should be Cam Hayward. Uh, this is a this is a guy that I think can come in here and make a difference this year. Does he start? No, I think he'll give you I think eventually he'll give you a start. I think that, you know, the rule of thumb is if you can get three draftees in any given class as starters for your team, you won the draft. 
you know, I think we've got three guys who will start eventually, as Emmett put earlier, maybe not day one, but, you know, by, you know, midseason, all three of those first three picks are going to be starting uh, for the Steelers. And I know we'll get a little deeper into some of the other stuff, but we're having other contributors uh, this year as well. I really enjoy this pick. I think this this guy could become a fan favorite. Uh, and, and I like it for several reasons. Uh, one, because he's, to me, I think he's a hell of a ball player. Uh, two, uh, as Joe said, Cam Hayward, Hall of Fame career, but he's now in his mid-30s. And you just never know when that cliff is going to uh, pull up in front of you. And Ogan Joby, nice player, but can't stay on the field. So I think if, you know, Cam starts to see a decline or Ogan Joby gets hurt again, you're not going to see a huge drop-off. And I, I think this is the kind of guy that year two, year three, will start challenging for pro bowls. And, you know, when he gets into his prime, could be a um, an all-pro. Uh, so I like that. Uh, this team is just going to be a miserable team to try and run against now. Uh, I think they'll definitely be a top five against the run defense. Uh, and uh, what I, I also like about uh, the young man is it does give us some solid depth. I like Leal. I loved the pick last year. I'm just not sure where he, you know, where he eventually slots in. And the other guys, they're nice plays, uh, players as long as you limit their snaps and they don't get exposed. Uh, but uh, I, I think one of the things that this team, uh, that what this draft does, is it helps, um, you know, it helps. One of the big things the Eagles uh, did, well, is, is they were so deep. They could almost go too deep at every position uh, and withstand the injuries. So you need to find guys that you know you can plug in and not have a big drop-off. And that's clearly uh, uh, Benton. So. And I can say one other thing before we move on to the next subject, Dave. I'll I'll play your game. I heard your Keanu Reeves a reference to Keanu Benton. I see myself as more of a Russell Crowe kind of guy. Uh, but uh, you know, if I had to be a Keanu Reeves character, it would definitely be the John Wick version, not necessarily Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I assume uh, you're talking Russell Crowe from the Cinderella Man, and not current day Russell Crowe. I'm talking like Russell Crowe from like Gladiator, Russell Crowe from Master and Commander, that Russell Crowe. I haven't seen Russell Crowe lately, but I'm going to guess he probably looks a lot like or me. Russell Crowe, Mystery Alaska. Let's let's not forget about that. Mystery Alaska, great Russell Crowe plot character. Absolutely. Great Russell Crowe character. We could have that debate on a future podcast, <laughs> which, 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 you know, you know, we can go through all the sports movies. I think that'll be. I like it. I like it. At this now, point, Mike. I'd, I'd just be happy if my alter ego was a little bit younger and a little more interesting than I am. <laughs> well, if you were Keanu Reeves, you might not be younger, but he certainly is more interesting than any of us. But, uh, anyways, in the, in, in the third round, this was the move I, I loved uh, even better than the first round. Um, going down from 80 to 93, recapturing the fourth, fourth round pick. Um, Joe, why don't you kind of speak to that and then do you think when they saw Washington was still available, their eyes just got wide open and, and that's the reason they took a position they might not really have needed? Yeah, so let me, I'll comment that in a couple of ways. I mentioned before that I thought that that uh, Weidel and Khan had played a game of masterclass chess. Uh, and I like the idea of sliding back in the round. They, 
they slid back appreciably too. I think it was 13 spots, if memory yeah. serves me correctly. Uh, and for that 13 spots, it cost them a chance at Trenton Simpson. You know, I know a lot of Steeler fans. I've talked to them in the last couple of days. They all wanted Simpson because he was that speedy inside linebacker that looks a lot like Ryan Shazier that could have played there and maybe been the guy at that point. And of course, during that that fall, that 13, you know, that trade down gap, of course the buff or the Baltimore Ravens jump up and grab Trenton Simpson, but they clearly don't have a need for him. I mean, they've got Patrick Queen, they got Rokon Smith, and yet they're taking that guy off the board in front of us, even though I'm not sure if the Steelers would have taken him over Darnell Washington. I mean, Washington is one of those guys that's just a unique uh, he, he's a freak, right? The guy's six foot eight. He's 275 pounds. He runs well. He jumps well. He's He admittedly says, I'm like an extra tackle on the other end of the line if you need me to block it. So if can you imagine how much better our line got with Broderick Jones anchoring left tackle and next to him, Darnell Washington? I mean, if I'm Najee Harris, I'm smiling ear to ear. If I'm uh, if I'm Kenny Pickett, yeah, you want to you, – you, I would love to see Darnell Washington go down – on you know to, to block down on on a guy and then turn off and spin and then someone have to tackle him you know could you see and look I mean my comparison just from a size perspective is a guy like Gronk I mean those guys are got to be diving at his knees diving at his ankles to get him on the ground a safety's not going to be able to do that a slot safety no I mean some of those middle backers maybe but this guy is freakishly good and I think from a value pick. The, the Steelers, even though it might not have been anywhere near a position of need after they re-signed their guys in the offseason, it's still something where you're just sitting there looking and you're saying to yourself, hmm, I, yeah, I can't I can't pass on this. And so I, I after I resigned myself to the fact that we missed on Trenton Simpson, uh, I think this is a good consolation prize for any Steeler. To the Baltimore Ravens, I would say be careful what you wish for. You just might get it because uh, – if their intent to, to take Simpson was to, to mess with the Steelers and left them with Washington, well, good luck dealing with that twice a year, uh, especially since they've seen what their tight ends have done to the Steelers' defense over the years. Uh, and the one thing, whenever you know, everyone was raving about him being the extra tackle and being, you know, a, a really nice red zone uh, uh, weapon or whatnot. And they didn't talk a lot about his receiving skills. And those are so underrated because he was behind Brock Browers, who who could very well uh, be a top 10 pick next year. Uh, so he was getting the receptions. Uh, the times they threw to him, he, you know, he got, got his meat hooks on that and, uh, you know, it was not an issue. And then he was a yak monster. Uh, so, uh, it, you, you know, as, as I said Thursday night, it's a copycat league, and no, he's not Kelsey, but he is the kind of guy that you could have him, you know, uh, chip a chip a defensive end, and then go down the seam and pop him, and then just let him just obliterate uh, linebackers and safeties that are foolish uh enough or have the shades of mark bavaro right yeah <laughs> exactly bavaro and to throw out a steeler legend eric green uh Big you eric know, green. that that, that uh, he's got some of those those tricks i think these guys hit everything on on the uh on the money the one the one thing i think it's going to do big time too it's going to free Fryermuth up 
Um, Fryermuth can't block. He has trouble blocking. Um, Washington's a great blocker. These two tight end sets they bring in, you can actually spread Fryermuth out in a slot now. Um, the Steelers' offense could be the weapons now that you're given Pickett is 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 substantial. I mean, me and you talked about it, Joe, about Jameer Gibbs possible. You know, if the the Steelers had a chance, maybe at 32, you were bringing that up. I think Washington's the same kind of thing. You give yourself another another total work with here, uh, especially especially like you said, red zone six seven six eight big tall tight end down the red zone. Man, it's uh, you got him, you got Fryermuth, you got Najee got the receivers um i think this is the pick that if anybody was like oh the steelers are a b plus right now this is a, this is an a i mean they this took them right into the a there's no doubt about these first four picks yeah and jt to your point man can you imagine any defense all right well who do you where do you put your best corner like the you, you can't put your five nine slot guy on them so are you going to move your 6-2 corner over to oh, what about pickens on the other yeah. side of the field what about yeah. fryer moves cutting down the seam i mean it really adds so much to it, and and that's that's why I enjoyed the pick as much as I did. Yeah, it, it's it's gonna make it's gonna make that um it's gonna make that offense just have so many different ways to move the ball. I mean, there's no no doubt about it. Well, so happy was Kenny that he decided to go uh, uh, chug beer at uh, this Luke fellas concert last night at uh, Acrisure Stadium. He yeah, sure looked uh, like a happy boy there. Yeah, he did. Um, he now, did, he did happy. Go ahead. Now he did look happy at that concert. I from what I saw from the pictures, they looked. He, he looked, looked happy. happy. It's nothing, nothing wrong with that, I guess. Well, you know, when you're a future Hall of Fame quarterback, uh, <laughs> anyway, we won't go into it. We're talking anyway. about the NFL, not Pitt. Just so, <laughs> so viewers are clear. Um. <laughs> now, with the fourth round pick that they got from Carolina, they. Uh, they picked up a linebacker, although an, an edge rusher rather than uh, the inside linebacker everybody uh, thought, uh, going for a brother and going uh, again to Wisconsin. Uh, Emmett, did you like the pick? Do you think uh, Herbig eventually will be an inside linebacker? Uh, I like the pick. Uh, Philadelphia drafts Georgia players, Steelers draft siblings. Uh, it's... Um, <laughs> I, but no, he, he, I think it's a really good pick. And again, another value pick, uh, you know, going back to what we, what I discussed on, on the defensive line, TJ Watt has a history of not finishing seasons, not playing complete seasons. So uh, you need competent Ed, and, and, and we've seen what happens to that defense when you don't have two edge rushers. Uh, it also, gives uh, a little bit of uh, comfort or uh, you know, removes a sense of urgency when it comes to Highsmith uh, in, in terms of getting his long-term deal. You know, not, not that you want to hammer a player, especially a player you want to keep around, but, you know, now you've got a little bit of, little bit of leverage. Um, I, I still think he stays outside. Uh, that's just – I think that that will be his – uh, his biggest value uh, that uh, either he replaces Highsmith or he's part of a, a three-headed monster on the edge. It's conceivable that over the years they get him in the weight room and bulk him up a little bit to put him inside, but I like him outside better than I like him inside. This was the first pick I wasn't 100% sold on, but I, I don't mind the pick. Um, I do agree with the Highsmith thing that 
um, if Highsmith is gonna gonna cost us a ton of money, where we can't sign another position, if if this guy can come in, show you that he's got some talent, um, maybe he can let a Highsmith walk. Um, with the salary caps, you you always gotta look for for ways to save some money. But um, this guy had eleven sacks last year. I mean, this guy this guy can move. He's for a small guy. He's quick. He can he can he's powerful for for the little the little size he is. Comes from Wisconsin, like TJ Watt. Not that I'm comparing it to him, but Wisconsin's had some good, uh, some some real good prospects as of late with the uh, with the outside linebackers. And I don't mind this pick. I don't think it takes the Steelers from an A to a B by no means. But I was actually sort of shocked, and maybe I'm wrong with this, but I would have liked to seen possibly another receiver in our receiver room. I, I ain't sold on Allen Robinson signing and. I still think we could use some depth there, but I think Darnell Washington might have uh, solved that for me. We have enough. We have enough talent now with with the tight ends and the receivers. But I don't mind this pick. Um, it's not my favorite pick of the draft by us, but it's it's definitely definitely another value pick. Like I said, he's another guy that could have went. He could have went in the third round. So I, I like the pick. Yeah, I think many boards had him on the in the top seventy five, and we got him at one thirty two. You know, if that's not a value pick, I don't know what is. You know, so I agree with you there, JT. I also agree with you, Emmett. I think he stays outside. I mean, he, his natural position is outside. I know that NFL scouts and 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 some you know, administrators look at him as sort of like a tweener just because of his size. But Hassan Reddick plays at six one two forty. You know, Nolan Smith is going to play at, at at you know at six two two thirty eight. I mean, he can play in that position the same way. I know he doesn't have the pedigree. Uh, of Nolan Smith coming from Georgia, but you know, he's played, he's shown like, just like JT said, I mean, got 11 sacks uh, last year. He can clearly rush. I've heard the rumors that you're saying, Dave, about him moving inside to uh, inside linebacker. I can see that in passing downs, uh, especially in year one, kind of using him like the Steelers use Chad Brown in year one. Now Chad Brown was clearly bigger uh, and ended up being an all pro guy leaving to go to Seattle you know, back in the nineties, but, you know, I think from an inside rush, bringing that kind of speed uh, from, you know, an inside linebacker position would be interesting or some of the stunts and the schematic stuff that they'll do that to get, to get him freed uh, to chase the quarterback with that speed, I think will be good. But to Emmett's point, if, if they do bulk him up, you know, I'm, I'm afraid that, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I like the guy's natural position outside as, as, as edge and, and being the, off the ball linebacker, you know, I, I think he'll, he'll be just fine. And I think fourth round was a maybe right size for him. Maybe third round, no one's going to complain. Fourth round value pick. I liked it. All right. Well, we, we didn't have a uh, fifth and sixth round pick. So we go from, uh, we go from uh, four solid rounds to the last round, round seven, uh, where we have two picks first. Um, a uh, nice size cornerback from uh, Purdue, Corey Trice. Um, JT, is is there any potential for uh, for Corey? I think there is potential. I, I don't think it's going to be for a couple of years. I, I think he's going to be a special teams guy to start off with, which nothing nothing wrong with that. Um, I, I think his ceiling could be a real good like nickel a nickel corner. Uh, you know, guy you bring in maybe year three, year four, he just helps out. Uh, he's he's from from what I hear about him, he's a good he's good tackle, good good at tackling. Um, he's not bad. At, he's got length, so the length isn't bad. Um, he gets it seems to get beat on one on ones a little bit, like uh, double moves beat him a lot. Um, might just be you're six three, you just it's hard to 
hard to keep up with them little guys. But I think he'd be a great he, – he has a – not a great, but he has a chance to maybe become like a nickel corner down the road and maybe be a, um, a special teams guy here the first couple of years. And there's nothing – like I said, there's nothing wrong if you make your name on special teams. Yeah, I think that, JT, you're, you're right on this. I mean, let's face it. I mean, he's a seventh-round guy for a reason. Uh, you know, and he played well at Purdue. Uh, he's, he'll, he'll provide depth and depth with the size and the anger that the Steelers like to play with. I mean, he's an aggressive DB, you know, you can see him on, on blitz packages. You can see him playing over if someone gets injured, stepping into that role, I can even say, see him playing in sort of like a three safety umbrella and and dropping back a little bit, uh, and doing that kind of stuff. But in the beginning here, you're right. If he makes the team, which I believe he will, it will be likely in the capacity of a special teams guy and a sub. Uh, and if he develops, great. You know, if he doesn't, yeah, it's a seventh-round guy. Yep. He looks like a throwback stealer to me. Big guy, teeth rattler. Uh, I, I agree with, uh, with, with JT and Joe. Uh, I just, you know, envisioning this guy uh, on, on special teams, both – you know, running down and blasting, blasting fools that are, are bringing the ball back, but also uh, lining up and jamming uh, the the gunners on on the other. Uh, you know, when the, when the team is punting to the Steelers, I can see him. That he'd be really good out there, uh, just uh, uh, you know, hold, holding them up. And I shouldn't say hold because that'll draw a flag, uh, but. Uh, he definitely would would be an impediment to someone wants to get the steam up, uh, and uh, I think I think he has a chance to help the return game, particularly on the punts. I also think, yeah, he's the, in specialty packages. I can see where where he could be implemented uh, well, uh, particularly if it, you know, kind of in zones, uh, clogging up. Uh, you know, he, he could help with some of these tight ends. He's got the size and, and, and the speed uh, that uh, if he was helping someone out that he can limit the, the, the damage they're doing. And, and again, he's, it's a seventh round pick at, at, at this point. Uh, you're just looking for value at that point. I mean, to finish this up, one thing about him, too, is he was a playmaker. I mean, he returned a couple picks for touchdowns. Um I look at this pick as like how we looked at Matt Matikavich when he came out, um, what, about five or six years ago. No, I, I, I like the Matikavich pick just for this this fact. He was a seventh rounder, he, and he gave us a good special teams for a couple of years, Became got to play a little bit as time went on. That's that's his ceiling. If he could have like a Matikavich-type uh, career with special teams and then become like a uh, – become some kind of contributor on defense, that's all you could ask for with the kid. Now, with the number 251 pick of the draft, we went for our fifth Big Ten uh, choice. So it was a Big Ten in Georgia uh, draft for the Steelers. Um, Spencer Anderson. Um, Joe, talk a, a little about the 305-pound Spencer Anderson. So Anderson is a bit of a flyer, right? You, you know, he's he's right at the end of the draft, one of the last few players picked. Um, you know, and for what it's worth, I mean, in college, he was a pretty decent pass blocker. You know, he's, if you look at any of the pro football focus stuff, if you're a believer in, in those kind of stats, I mean, the guy almost had an 80%, uh, you know, pass block, pass blocking grade uh, in 2022, but, you know, he struggled against the run. I'm, you know, he's an interior guy. 
from what I understand, he can play can play either on the left side of the center or the right side of the center. Uh, you got a guy there that you know gives you know Tomlin some of that positional flexibility he talks about all the time uh, and likes. But you know, at the end of the day, I don't know really what to expect from him, except for him to give it the old college try, try to make the team as as one of these backups. But he's going to have to. I mean, look, they went out, they, they got Daniels and Simoyatu, who clearly are going to be the starters. They went out and signed Herbig's brother. They still have Dotson. They still, I mean, I'm not sure the guy's going to make the team, uh, you know, and I'm not sure what he brings in the running game. If, if, he, if he makes it, it's going to be based on his pass blocking skills. This pick, maybe more so than any other, says this is Andy Weidel's board. If you go back and look at his time at the Eagles, this is the kind of stuff he did all the time. He got these guys sixth, seventh round, and people say, who, what, where? And they just kind of hung around the, the periphery for a year or two. And then by year three, uh, the color analyst on CBS doing the game says, you know, Spencer Anderson, how the heck did the Steelers find him uh, when, he, when he's starting 14 games a year? Uh, that, a, when I saw this, it, it's not again. It's nice depth uh, in the trenches. You can never have too much depth. But this this pick screamed Andy Weidel to me. Yeah, and he, uh, Joe, you named a bunch of guys. We didn't even name a guy that we drafted pretty high a couple of years ago. Kendrick Green. I, I don't see Kendrick Green. Maybe not even making this making this squad now. But he was listening. I gotta be honest with you, JT. When I saw him drafted in the third round a couple of years ago, I didn't see him making the squad then either. That was that was a like a what? Like a big question mark. I Yeah. And they listed him as a tackle. Joe and I were texting each other back and forth that night and I think we were both, uh, uh there were a lot of angry emojis flying around. <laughs> that was a normal Steeler pick back in the day. This is I wasn't used to it. No, no, no. Let's take a defensive tackle who's only played five games at center in all of his collegiate career and draft him to be our starting center. You know, while we're passing up on a guy who, oh, by the way, went to the to the Chiefs and became uh, a, an All Pro in his first year in Creed Humphrey, Landon Dickerson, who you know, let's pass on him too. Let him go to Philadelphia. Oh, where he's playing in a Super Bowl, you know, and and we've got Kendrick Green, and I'll never forget Tunch Ilkin and um, Craig Wolfley on the radio saying once Wolfley asked or, or Tunch asked him to ask Wolf what what's his you know um, what's his greatest weakness. And he said his weakness is his strength. And what he meant by that, he just wasn't strong enough to play in the NFL, you know? And he, he proved it. I, mean, I don't know what was going on there. Yeah. But, but the interesting. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, any Kendrick Ken, Ken Green fans that have upset? <laughs> it's just, it is. You'll, you'll get an angry email from his mother. Um, the, you know, not only did they take a guy with like five starts at center, they took a guy with five starts at center off of a two and 10 team that got Lovey Smith fired. I, and and that's my little uh, thing on Anderson. Like he, he's listed as a tackle from what I saw, but then he's a offensive lineman. He can play both guard positions, like you said. Uh, if anything, his his ceiling is just going to be hopefully I got it. Does well enough to make the team become a depth player that probably will never start. If he starts, it means your your offensive lines in in some trouble. It means you you're down about four guys. But like you said before, seventh round, late pick. There was there was nobody there that I was like, come on, take him. So I have no no issue with this guy at all. All right. Well, 
we're gonna uh, end this uh, this uh, podcast with our uh, total team grades. Um, I personally thought it was an A draft. Um, I thought Khan uh, uh, did an excellent job with his maneuvers with uh, with who he got. And as uh, you said earlier, Joe, you definitely got three starters uh, out of the first three picks, which this team has has gone from two years ago being uh, uh, thought of towards the uh, lower end of the NFL to now I can see them start to uh, grab their way up to a playoff team again. Um, Emmett, what's your grade for? Uh... Uh, a minus missing an A by a hair. If you are, you know, if you're giving something in the B's or even lower, you're just looking for a reason to hate. I mean, this draft is so <laughs> they, they they pulled it off so so well. Um, the only reason I go A minus and not a full A, um, it just I I would have liked to have seen wide receiver or safety address. I, I I know people fall over themselves complimenting the Steelers wide receiver room. I'm not on that train. I think they're okay, but in light of other wide receiver groups in the league, I think I I don't think they're that special uh and safety i i would have liked to have seen some safety uh because uh you know analyzing the roster at this for this point i believe dave's grandson river is uh, third on the depth chart at safety uh and i'm not sure we really want to see the steelers go into the uh, the season with with that lineup i um i, I give him an a uh I was I was floating between a, a B plus and an A as uh, the draft after the first round with the second round, but then once we got uh, Porter and then Benton, and then we still were able to get them. Darnell Washington to me almost made it an A plus. If we'd have somehow snuck out, uh, I like her big too. If we'd have snuck out like another like like a Simpson somehow, say he fell out of the fourth or something. If we'd have got a guy like that, I'd have been like this is an A plus. But this is the best draft in in years in my opinion. Um, there wasn't like one pick where I'm like, what are we doing? Like, we don't need this guy or what, you know, it's, we have, we have plenty of depth there, but I, I agree with the safety receiver thing. I, I I'm a big receiver guy with the Steelers and I, I want to get another body in there just because I don't, I don't trust Deontay Johnson. I'm, I'm one of the, I'm not a Johnson follower, a, a backer. And I'd like to have some more pressure on the kid. So we don't have to sign him to big money. If it's, we have, you know, we have pickings already too, but, I'd, I'd like to see another body in there. Maybe Robinson is the guy that comes in and, and rejuvenates his career, but I give it an A. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I mean, I think this is an A class. Uh, I know it's way too early. I think that we have to do one of these next year at this time and, you know, and, you know, the year after that and say, okay, well, let's, you know, I'll look back in the, at the 2023 draft and, and give it a, a grade after year one and year two. And I think that's, you know, that's just natural that we're all excited about what we've seen and, you think the players you got are the, the ones that are going to win. I agree with them, and I would have loved to have seen a receiver in the fourth round. I know the Steelers had brought in a handful of receivers, including Charlie Ward from Purdue, that went right before us, to, to, literally right before us to Cincinnati. Yeah. I think he was a great player. He would have been someone that could have you know, stepped in and you know, in a couple of years really made a difference on this team. All that said, though, if that's the only complaint I have leaving this draft, you know – I. It's got to be an A for me. Now, where they rank amongst the the rest of the league, I know everybody's really, you know, hanging on the, the Philadelphia Eagles draft. And granted, I think they're an A draft too. I, like, I think people talked about, including myself, talking about Houston sort of stealing the draft by 
getting both Stroud and Anderson in, in, in like a one and one a fashion at the second and third spot. And it's really hard to beat those things. Even the Cardinals. I thought the Cardinals did a masterful job of trading down, gathering a bunch of picks, not only for this year, but also next year, then trading back up and getting Paris Johnson and then filling out some things that they needed. They got BJ Ojolari and, in round two to be their pass rusher. They ended up addressing their situation with a, with a wide receiver in Wilson, JT, that I know you like coming from Stanford, you know, but all that said, I I have to rank the Steelers probably third best draft in, uh, you know, in 2023 as it sits today and admittedly. So, uh, you know, giving them an A. The only failure that they had uh, over this weekend was, was nothing that they had control over. I would have given them an A plus if they could have found a way to get the Steelers traded to the NFC. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do have a question for our dear moderator this evening. Yes. I know he's been challenging our uh, our listeners and viewers for the last several months, saying that the Pirates are going to be the next team uh, to be competing for a championship of the three that we cover here at Draft Four One Two after this draft. And with your boy Kenny Pickett leading the charge, no pun intended, with his new picket fence, pun very intended. Uh, you know, what do you think, Dave? Are the Steelers gonna leapfrog your 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 beloved pirates and and, and jump to the front of the line? And, and beating I'm not saying the pirates won't compete in 2025, but are the Steelers competing for a legitimate championship before the Pirates now after well, this draft? Well, I mean, the one thing I'll say is is obviously in a 17 game season over 162 game season it's easier to uh to make that maneuver um um to go up you get on a hot streak and 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 uh you uh you could go up where in baseball you have to do it day in and day out that being said the steelers are a lot closer with the production of last year's draft which um i mean let's let's face it i I don't think many of us thought they were going to get that many starters out of, out of the draft. And I, I thought it ended up being a very good one. This one gets them a lot closer, but I still say the pirates are in a position um, because their, their players are, are just about ready to go. Um, oh, their miners are stocked. I know. And, and it's stocked at every level. I'm, I'm doing an article, which I'll, I'll uh, have out in the next day or two, which is comparing this to the way Joel Brown had, had the system going in the late sixties. Um, to fill the gaps that they had, um, which ended up making them, uh, let's face it, if they won in 72 like they should have, that would have made them the team of the decade. Um, so I still am going to make the claim that the Pirates are, are, are the ones that are closer, and I don't think the 20 and, and 9 start that they're on right now will uh, will make that uh, uh, any any less of a point. I mean, that's the pitching nope. is, is coming along a little quicker than we thought. Don't forget three or four years ago, or what was it, three years ago, I think, the Steelers were 10-0. That was a hot start, and they, they didn't do nothing. They didn't do nothing. No, that. but you, you could see in that start they were – that's what I mean about it's easier in the NFL to get yourself in that position because they were pulling those games off the back end of their behind. Yeah, um, they were scoring. Yeah. Well, we won a Super Bowl by getting hot. We went in and beat, yeah. beat both Denver and Indianapolis from a wild card spot because we got hot at the right time. Exactly. Exactly. And in, in baseball, when you're talking seven game series, when you're talking 162 game season, it's tougher to do. By the end of the season, you know, you, you, your champion is a champion. Not, it's not a team that's going hot. 
not to get if up you're hanging your hat on getting hot at the right time you know hope is not a plan uh and you know if there is a devastating in- injury uh like we saw with the with, with the pirates everyone cruz broke his leg everyone thought oh, they're done but you know because you have several minor league teams that are constantly working you you can get by uh, with, with a major injury to a pitcher or something, football uh, and with the, with the Steelers, that, that's my one concern heading into this. They, they, their talent is a mile wide and an inch deep. And if it were, you know, if God forbid Kenny Pickett, you know, got another concussion or, uh, you know, tore up his knee, uh, Trubisky could probably, you know, he'll, he'll win you a couple of games. He won't totally ruin the season but you're not jumping on that back uh, on on his back and going deep in the playoffs uh so that's i i i'm i'm not coming off the pirates as the one closest to the championship still no and 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 on that point i mean you know we see the genius of ben Sherrington. many many were criticizing him for taking so many middle infielders well cruz gets hurt and you you just uh, uh plug in uh plug in somebody else who actually was is playing better than Cruz was playing. Um, and you saw that in 1960 when Dick Grote got hurt the last month of the season and Dick Schofield came in and hit 333. So it can, it's a lot easier to get the injury in baseball. So Pirates still closest to a, to a title in my eyes. Pirates are, Pirates are the closest. And if they draft well this year, I, I think I told you to stay the other day, if they have a really good draft again, get Dylan Cruz, draft their second and third, fourth rounders like they've done in the last couple of years, they're going to be set for a long time. And especially if you start signing these players, like get Mitch Keller signed, get O'Neill Cruz signed, yep. um, Rowanze uh, Contreras, get him signed, get them guys signed up now, get them, keep these guys together in the next six, seven years. That's, and there's- that, that's what I would do. And because Brian Reynolds, to be honest, would have been the last guy I would have been concerned about. Um, I think he's a very good player. I think these guys have a chance to be uh, potential stars. If he wants and to Dylan had another home run today, by the way. He's a beast. He's a beast, yeah. my friend. But um, anyways, we will be talking more about the Pirates on our next podcast. Um, and um, we'll come back with uh, another uh, football podcast to talk a little more about the draft. And again, congratulations to, uh, to you guys for just a, an incredible show um, that was put on at Stage AE the other, uh, the other night. I, I can't wait till next year. That was so much fun. I just think next year is going to be that much better. I agree. It was a blast. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys Thanks have everybody. a wonderful, you have a wonderful night. Uh, Florida has blown a two nothing lead and the Bruins yeah, are up three to two. Um, so yeah. let's hope that somehow Florida can, uh, can pull one and at least send it to overtime. That was so. the point I was trying to say about um, seasons. I mean, Boston had, they almost broke the record for points in the season and yeah. they're, they're, they're in game seven now and Florida had a two nothing lead, but yeah. Uh, a lot, a lot of the analysts said uh, Florida was the one team that really could trip Boston up, and 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 as someone that who, who lives firmly in the anyone but Toronto camp, uh, I want Boston to hold on because I think they can dispatch those those uh, pretty boys from the north. Probably four or five games. I can't see Toronto even hanging with them for a long time. Being honest, yeah, I agree. All right, guys. All right, you guys have a good night. Thank you. We guys. will see you later, Keanu. Uh, Keanu Reeves. Remember, Ron the Club. All right.